This is the Nick and Jules podcast. Ding dong. Hello. It's Nick and Jules. Hello. If you've got it, uh, if you've found us here, well done. Congratulations to you. <laughs> like the, the easiest scavenger hunt because we do lots of advertising to find it. Listener. Or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, can I do some exclusive content on this mm, podcast? It'd be weird if I said no. Go <laughs> ahead. So the other day we were talking about birthing stories. And sure. I didn't get to some of the comments that we had, some amazing stories from them. Oh, on the Facebook post. Yes, and, uh, yes, Nick yes. And Jules on Instagram. Yeah, Our go. friends in the Golden Valley, shout out to them. Um, <laughs> Stardust Circus Australia. I thought this would be a goodie, that they'd have some, like, miracle circus baby. Wait, the this, this circus commented. The circus, Stardust Circus. Shout out to those guys. I suppose... Circus is like a very family thing. So someone's yes. going to be born under the top. I was thinking like mid-trapeze or something like that. Oh, well, you've got the net. Mm. So it's probably pretty safe. Um, more safe story, I guess. My sister had her baby in the front seat of the car on the way to the hospital. The husband stopped the car just in time to run around and hold the baby before she touched the seat. Underwhelming from the circus. Yeah. Of all <laughs> the cool places, story. of all the ways in which you could give birth at a circus. But wait for that. Jacqueline Marie out the front of the under a football oval in the grass. I suppose if it's, you know, getting to, if it's like a nail biting match, if it's like the back end of the fourth quarter and they're yep. close, like a goal apart, you wouldn't want to miss that. No, no. You've got to keep pushing through. And also you, you don't have to like let people know that you're giving birth. You just got to time your screams or contractions yeah, yeah. with the siren. Like, at the same time. Every time the referee blows his whistle, just, <laughs> ah! Just time your contractions, please, uh, Jacqueline. Uh, last but not least, Carly Mayer. She said, 10 days ago, my sister lived her baby on the lounge room floor. So a classic lounge room case. What would be your preferred uh, material of a lounge room floor to give birth on? Definitely something that you can mop up, not yeah, carpet. Yeah, because it's interesting because one, one is for comfort because yeah. you'd want to go like a shag rug, but then obviously it's awful for... You can lay down some towels. Yeah, I think it's seeping through, Jules. I think <laughs> I think that's sort of the bodily, that's the way okay, bodily we'll fluids work. have multiple towels and have a tower of towels. Get Is a, that better? Maybe a tarp. Yeah, okay. If you're that prepared. I mean, ideally, you'd go tiles, but. It might just be a bit early and you're not prepared for this. But either way, thank you for the stories. Appreciate them. Yeah, we appreciate you. Hey, uh, on the podcast today, what have we got? Oh, I uh, talk about my experience as a teacher. Mm, passionate. Very, very brief moment, but I get why no one wants to be a teacher. Man, the last couple of years have been horrific for teachers, mm. especially. Yeah. it's the, the last few years have been so bad for teachers that they were that bad that I thought, maybe I'll be one because <laughs> it seems easy. And then I did it and was like, nah, this sucks. Not for me. Thank you. But shout out to those that are teachers. We appreciate you. We love you all. God. Also, um, I visited the doctor yesterday and got real personal um, about how shambolic that visit was. Excellent doctor. Too excellent that everything sort of was interrupted during that oh, appointment. She seemed to be the point of call for everything. Yes. Have, uh, was there other people at the <laughs> I the didn't see office? any other doctors there. Maybe she was the only one for everyone. Do you service. think it was like a um like an Austin Powers situation where <laughs> uh, Mike Myers plays every character where she's just she's mm. the receptionist, she's the doctor, she's the surgeon, she's the janitor. Possibly. She did look rushed every time I saw her. Bit French. She was constantly yes. doing costume changes. Yes. It was very impressive, especially with the mask on. Uh, that'll make a little bit more sense. Plus I'm getting offended again. Maybe I'm a bit soft by some targeted advertisements on Facebook and Instagram. Plenty going on. Lots of stuff. Almost too much. No, I think you'll enjoy it. Hopefully. <laughs> Sounds like a threat anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, you'll enjoy it. 
please give us five stars. You better. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Maybe. Should people rate this? Is that something? Yes. That, can that happen on the listener app or wherever you get the podcast? I believe so. Rate us. If you can give us a review. How about this? Yeah, yeah. You review us. We'll <laughs> read your review on air. That's fun. Yeah, let's do that. That's we haven't funny. figured out if you can actually do that, but if you can, please do that. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Bye. Read some controversial stuff. Bye. Across the country, Jules, especially in Victoria, numbers of teachers are dwindling. I know. I'm seeing this stat everywhere. That there's no one who wants to teach anymore. Teachers who have been there for their entire career, they're starting to leave because people think that they have a really easy job because mm -hmm. they finish earlier. They and get they... school holidays all the time. I've and heard that. You know, that's great. That's a benefit of it, of course. But they are so overworked mm. and they work so hard and people don't recognize that. And it's a hard, and I understand why people are leaving the job is because they have it harder and it's getting harder and harder and parents are making it harder and harder. And that's why they're leaving and they're walking away. Jules, across uh, the pandemic over yes, the last few years, my goodness, I found myself out of work. I wasn't in the radio and radio was, a, as you can probably imagine, it's a freaking difficult industry to break back into. So I thought, you know what? Obviously it's not for me anymore. I went, I thought I'd become a teacher. I had my... Uh, bachelor's of journalism. Yep. You can do like a master's, a master's in secondary teaching to become a teacher in just over a year. Yep. It's crazy. So I thought I'd go and do that. And I did it for about six months. I did a semester and a bit and I did a placement. Yep. And what I experienced on that placement was insane. And it made me go, oh, I understand why people don't want to do this for their entire lives. This so, is absolutely insanity. So this is like a taster of what you'd have full time. I had a one month taste test of teaching and I thought, oh, geez, I can't do this. So I understand why people are walking away. That I bad. did. I did a placement at a high school and I was teaching uh, English and I was teaching drama. I was teaching some art subjects because of course I'm not cut out to do science or any of the real things, right? <laughs> right. And while I was there, there was this kid. We don't know who the kid was, yep. but what they had been doing, Jules, and this is like something that they'd been talking about, apparently been going on for months, is that whenever during class, some kid, they don't know who, because they never caught the kid, he would excuse himself, and they assume he, because it happened in the boys' toilets, mm -hmm. and he would excuse himself, he would go to the boys' toilets, he would take a poop, a number two, in the middle of the floor, oh. not, not in the bathroom, he would just like in the middle of the walkway, and then he would sprinkle a little bit of glitter on it. Like it's his calling card. A glitter. And then disappear into the night. Actual glitter, like craft like, shop like glitter. Like arts and crafts. Like he's obviously just come from textiles or something. He's yes. just got that in his pocket and he's, what? And this happened apparently two to three times a week over the space of two months. The poor teachers. The poor cleaners. Exactly. And the thing is, because the cleaners refused. The cleaners were like, well, this is, yes, technically cleaning it is sort of our job, but obviously we're not supposed to be cleaning up that kind of stuff. Oh, we need to... Look at the teachers and how they're disciplining the children from well, doing this. They were saying that the teachers, like, well, the teachers would just go in there with like a dustpan and brush and sweep it up. And as no. a student teacher, they were they were saying, I was asked, like, oh, Nick, would you mind? And I said, Yes, actually, heavily, I do mind because <laughs> you're the bottom of the food chain. I'm Who's going to do it? I'm oh, the Nick student teacher. There's no way I'm going in there. I'm not picking up some kid's poo covered in glitter. That is not in the call of the, duty. The kid earned the nickname the glitter. Other word for pooper mm -hmm. that rhymes. You can mm -hmm. obviously imagine there. But yeah, that's definitely not the call of duty. Then teachers, they're asked so much. They're asked to do so much. So I understand why they walk away. That was that was within like a week or two of me doing this placement. Oh, really? What a uh, baptism of fire, if you will. Imagine if you've been doing it for 10, 15 plus years. No. Of course you're not going to want to do this for the rest of your life. It's Nick and Jules, Married at First Sight, hit our screens. 
Yesterday evening right now, we are joined on the line live from Puerto Rico by a clinical sexologist. She's one of the experts on the panel of Married at First Sight. It's Alessandra. So Alessandra, we're very excited to have you back on our screens. And it's so early in the season for maths, it's hard to know exactly what to ask you because there's so much that's about to unfold. Jules, I know you and I have had some important behind-the-scenes questions about the couch sessions. Oh, my goodness. So, Alessandra, love the show. (laughs) I am, for what I suppose a lot of people say, is a bit of a train wreck, but we can't look away. The commitment ceremonies. I'm always curious to know, how much time do you actually spend sitting down and interrogating these couples? Oh, my God. They go on forever. We spend um, at least a half hour, generally upwards close to an hour with each couple, and go through a whole lot of things. Our conversations are complex and they're profound and and then they're highly edited, of course, because of time constraints. But what actually happens when we're there is much more than what you get to see. Mm. Um, You get the gist of it, you get like the conclusion and a little bit of just, you know, what happened, but not the detail, of course. Of course. Now, one of the big things I think with all the, uh, the experts for Married at First Sight, Jules, and You and I have definitely made these jokes over the years that it has been running, but Alessandra, no doubt you get people who are out there, they question your expertise. You've got over 20 years of experience, a master's degree in marriage and family therapy, number of other degrees, certifications in the field of sexology. What do you say to people who question what you're doing? Because it is very hard to sit here and go, oh, what she's doing right now, it doesn't feel like a science because it just feels like chatting. How, How do you sort of come back at that? Well, I think the important aspect is just to bring awareness to how important sexuality is within the context of a romantic relationship. And here we have an example of an experiment where this was being, um, you know, worked on for years before I joined the experiment, but not necessarily having the chats regarding a crucial element of a romantic relationship. So there's no way we can think about really building a strong, long-lasting romantic relationship if we don't include the ingredient or the aspect of sexuality. And I think just the mere fact that you have a professional who specializes in the field already sitting in the panel, so to speak, and the couch and the commitment ceremonies opens up the doors. They know they can talk about these things if anything were to come up uh, and discuss difficulties or different points of views or just different ways of handling a sexual situation. And those are really big when they're not working correctly in a romantic relationship. So we want to make sure that they have that aspect um, correctly. And and that's what I say. It's simply a big, crucial uh, component. There's no romantic relationship without. It's a differential. It doesn't exist without the sex. Otherwise, people are really good friends. Yeah, but that when is you also want to jump fair, someone's yeah. bones, that's when you start dating them. One of the things that we've uh, been living through, I guess, on our couches as we watch it over the years, and you're obviously a consummate professional, you're yes. a clinical sexologist, all the experts have their expertise, and maybe you're, yes. maybe you're too professional to let this affect you, but Alessandra, i got to know, because it's uncomfortable to watch, mm. is it uncomfortable, is it awkward to be in those commitment ceremonies and be talking to those couples when they are blowing up at each other, is, is, that a, is that a weird place to be in such an intimate location while they are having these conflicts? Of course. It's, it's incredibly uncomfortable for everybody involved, especially because, it's yes, it's private matters, but it's not happening privately. It's happening, you know, in front of cameras, in front of peers, in front of us as experts and professionals and just everybody else. So it is very intense. The feelings are real, the outbursts are real, what they're going through is real. So you can literally feel the tension and the energy uh, in the space. And part of what we have to do as experts in 
in in the experiment is you know help handle those situations and you know bring the conversations temper a little bit sometimes the emotions and what's going on really help them go through and work through those emotions and hopefully get to a better place where they can handle things better. A better place, Alessandra, or sometimes it is the train wreck that we all enjoy and we cannot wait to watch this yet again for season 2023. Maths (laughs) on Channel 9, we cannot wait to see your face there on telly too. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. It's going to be fabulous. Thank you so much. 131060. Where'd you bring your own food? Miranda Kerr, the supermodel, she's over the US. She's at a very fancy gala dinner. And what does she bring out during this three-course meal? Her very own banana and coconut water. Yeah, she's done a BYO. She's packed her own. Uh, which maybe if you're on you know, a very strict diet, you're trying mm. to avoid uh, certain things. It's not super carb intensive. I don't know. Mm. She's a supermodel. Yep. Who are we to say? Exactly. If she looks like that, good for her. Sometimes you've got a BYO because you don't know what is on the menu. Try and avoid certain things. Let's go to the phones. 13, 10, 60, Callie from the border. Whereabouts did you bring your own food? Oh, my gosh. We went out for dinner to this really fancy restaurant for my mum's birthday. Okay. And the kids' menu was like crap and linguine or something like that. <laughs> and uh, I literally had to air fry my own chicken nuggets and bring them in out of oil for my daughter. <laughs> well, ki- kids don't want linguine, do they? No. <laughs> no, they don't. They want nuggets. <laughs> what did uh, the staff at the restaurant say when you rocked up with it? Uh, well, we, we tried to hide it mostly, oh, so they yeah. actually didn't comment on it yet. They, you, <laughs> that's a feed the, the kid under time. the table situation. <laughs> if it's a fancy restaurant, I'm going to assume the prices on the kids' menu probably aren't particularly great either, Cal. No, like... 20 bucks for a kid's meal. Do you have to bring no. the kids uh, their, their food yeah. to many places or is this sort of a one-off situation you've gone through? Oh, I have had to do it before. Why? Just because she's, she's a real nuggets girl. Um, <laughs> won't, even, won't even eat fish on the menu. So oh, wow. I have okay. done, done it before. You're yeah. a seasoned professional sneaking in the food. Any tips oh, yeah. for anyone else that wants to try and do it? Is it a handbag thing or do you bring a separate bag? Um, no, it's, a, it's definitely a handbag thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but the key is to just not look too suspicious. Just mm. make it look completely natural. Avoid and eye contact. Also, one yeah. thing, and this is more of a quality of food situation, because Jules talked about having a hot burrito in her handbag just before. Uh, uh-huh. Temperature of the food when your kid gets it. Are we talking, are we, is it a lukewarm nug or is it that we, we're, we're at room temp to colder? Oh, probably lukewarm to room temp, but I figure she eats stuff off the floor, so, you know. Yeah, she's not picky. She doesn't actually care. You know, she's... Good immune system. No, she's not a Gordon Ramsay, is she? Awesome. Cal, thanks for the call. We appreciate talking to you. (laughs) No worries. Thank you. Bye. Targeted ads, Jules, they are offending me yet again. Oh, they're everywhere. What have they got for you now? Right now they are... They've got my goat because... Uh, they they try to be personalised, and maybe to an extent they are. Sometimes when they are targeted, I go, that's great. They're scarily good sometimes. You're like, how did uh, how did you know that I wanted that product, that I was thinking those things? I want to say that these ones have missed the mark. I'm currently being targeted by advertisements for artificial intelligence girlfriends. <laughs> okay. AI they girlfriends. I'm a single guy, Jules. Yep. You've gone through a breakup recently. And Instagram goes, you know what? Nick would just absolutely love and need is a computer-generated girlfriend. So how does this work? I Well, I don't know, Jules, because I haven't downloaded the apps, Jules. Oh, you haven't succumbed. I haven't. I'm just getting hit by ad, like, ad after ad after ad. It's like, sentient AI girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Uh, chat with her. Talk with her. Receive not-safe-for-work pics from her. Oh, wow. So this really? computer's going to send me nudes, Jules. Well, I didn't app- know AI was that intelligent. <laughs> 
they, they know what they want to deliver, Sending Jules. robot pics? Yeah, I've sent you a couple of the ads. I screenshotted some of them. I didn't send you the ones that were a little... Some of them are quite explicit. Yes. I, I got one on Facebook where I was like, oh, I, I don't know if you, can, if you can put that image on Facebook. They're very um, meme-like. They're very, they are. Very into the pop culture there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> chatbot powered by artificial intelligence. Start talking. Build your own AI girlfriend. Oh. Create your own AI girlfriend or boyfriend. So I guess I've got options there, which is nice. That's but thoughtful of them. That's inclusive. Yeah. But I just, I'm like, Instagram and Facebook, where where do you get off? <laughs> I'm not there yet. No. I, I've been like single for a while, like, like four months. Isn't there a thing that you can flag with these social media platforms to say, I'm not ready? Like when you oh, say, yeah, say if you're them. in a Facebook... <laughs> So if you're in a Facebook relationship with someone, like in a relationship, that's your status. Yeah, right. And then when you break up, I think Facebook pops up with a little like uh, a, uh, some sort of suggestion, like we'll hide photos from them for a period of time they just should. so you can get over it. I, I, I haven't had that happen to me. I've had to go out and seek those functions myself. <laughs> I I haven't needed the services of AI girlfriend yet. No. I'm, not, I'm nowhere near that point. Thank you very much. Mark Zuckerberg. Who I assume listens to this show? Yes, obviously. Back, back off, brother. I don't. I, I don't need it. I also don't need to receive not safe for work pitches from an artificial intelligence. It would also assume that you can't have human contact with people in the real world. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and that's why. That's why I'm offended. You? It's saying, "Hey, well, obviously, real life's not going that well for you, Nick. How <laughs> How about we get you effectively a tamagotchi that you can love." <laughs> A Tamagotchi that says that it loves you at the end of the day, which I don't need. I couldn't keep a Tamagotchi alive. No. Can't do that with an AI girlfriend. Tis the season for my favourite TV shows. Sure. It's reality TV season. I guess it's just because nothing good's on TV at the moment, <laughs> so they've got all this airtime they have to fill. So they That's just chuck it. a camera up somewhere and hope for the best. It works. It's magic. It's math season. It's survivor season. <laughs> magic is generous. Oh, it is the train wreck of all TV watching. Yeah. And I love it. Now, one particular franchise is back after a 14-year hiatus. Australian Idol. Huge. Yep. It returned to TV last night. And, you know, there's always those terrible auditions that you think obviously the producers have green-lighted because they've gone, it's going to be gold on telly. Well, that's the best stage of most of these reality shows is when you see the people that think they've got mm. skills. Oh, yeah. And then they have their world brought crumbling down, unfortunately, which is, yeah. you know, maybe that's a sociopathy in me, but it is very fun to watch. Exactly. Fun for everyone to hear as well. And oh. so enter Imogen. She is a lawyer and she attempts to sing Sam Smith and butchers it. Can I lay by your side mm. next to you? Well, the, the good thing is for her. What's her name? Imogen, did you say? Imogen. Yeah, well, she's a lawyer, so she's obviously got, she's obviously smart. She's got some talent. She doesn't hear that. She, I mean, it's better than what I can do, but clearly someone has said that it's okay, but the judges really didn't like it. Sorry, Imogen, it's just a no from me. And it's no from me. It's a no from me. Yeah, but really, I feel that, please. You have to be respectful of the process too, Imogen. Do you think as a judge, after, because how many judges are in Oz Idol? There's four? four, yeah. After the first three give a no and they're clearly not going through, do you think the fourth feels obligated to be a bit nice and go, I actually thought it was great. No. I actually thought it was spectacular. Carl Sanderlands was, was the fourth judge. He oh, was like the mediator. He's, He's like, look. Everyone else has yeah. said no. No, notorious nice guy. But the thing that I love about Imogen is she's like clearly disregarding the concept of this show. She's like, but 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 I can explain. She didn't want to accept she it. She can explain why she sucks. No, no, no. She 
She was like, Yeah, because you, you have no natural talent, lady. I'm sorry. I just want to soak up as much time as I possibly can. When she's mm. told no, she didn't accept it, and then this happened. Bye, Imogen. Up the door, sweetie. What's going on? Oh, that's someone that won't take no for an answer. She's singing herself off. She's singing herself off in French. Hmm. <laughs> she um, she's well. That maybe that's the law thing because she's sort of engaged in squatters' rights a little bit there by refusing to leave. <laughs> yes, exactly right. They're like, you know what? She probably should have auditioned with that song. That fr- that better. French. We can just hear that one more time. Sorry. Bye, Imogen. Up the door. What's going on? Oh, that's someone that won't take no for an answer. It's a good attitude in life. The one place you should take no is on national TV. (laughs) Absolutely. Not for us to say, I suppose. Nick, I am a radio announcer with absolutely shocking ears. It's a serious problem. It is true. I do, we don't, with our desk situation at work, okay. we sort of, we don't face each other, but it is right next to each other. We need to hear things, essentially. Well, we need to be able to communicate. It's yes. sort of one of the, really, it's the only point of radio. Really, really, truly is. And I've been having an on and off again ear infection lately. My ear's been blocked. And so I thought okay. yesterday, enough is enough. I need to stop mishearing names. I need to go and see a doctor. And I've moved to a new town, which means that if anyone's had to go to a new GP that they've never been to before or moved to a new place, you know the joys of having to go through every damn point in your medical history with someone. Which feels as though, and again, I guess I haven't been to the doctors enough, which feels like a brag about my health, but it's just because I I (laughs) don't take enough care of myself in that regard. But it feels like there should be a system where it just immediately transfers. I know yep. there is a record to some degree, but it seems like they just don't access it. I, I thought don't. I tried to do that yesterday, yeah. but she was quite thorough. This doctor was so incredible. And to her credit, she wanted to do everything right by the book. She wanted to do every test for me to ensure she had everything I, down on her records. I like a doctor that goes by the book. Yes. It's it's you know it's actually <laughs> the, my preferred way for a doctor to be. She was so thorough that clearly she was the point of call for every other person in the clinic. So I'm sitting there. Oh, you got the doctor. You got the head doctor. Mm-hmm. Almost. I got the chief. So wow. she's going through. She's asking you know, basic things: name, age, weight, height, all that sort of stuff. Medications. And I see an email's popped up on her screen. Sure. Someone's trying to get a reception or something like that. She disregards that. She's the ultimate professional. Sure. She moves away from that. Unlike you, who's reading her personal emails <laughs> over her shoulder. Okay. So then, uh, clearly that wasn't enough. Yep. So her landline, her phone on her desk rings. Right. You picked up an answer. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I held myself back and she said, I'm so sorry. Please excuse me. I don't normally do this. I said, no worries. You, you know, answer the phone call. Yeah. This receptionist wanting to follow up on that email, whatever. Don't even like, worry. Okay. I'm going gonna, gonna to slag you off on radio tomorrow, but it's fine. <laughs> you do what you got to do. She's in the bed. No, I said, that's no problem. So she gets back to me and, you know, we're finally getting to my ear. She's examining it. She's getting out the, the fancy microscope. I don't know what she's doing, but she's, she's got it out mm-hmm. down pat. And there's another interruption. A knock on the door. Sure. Someone wants to see her. There's a, another clinician that wants to talk to her. Does it, I'm so maybe, sorry. Maybe I haven't been to the doctor in a long time. What's the point of having an appointment? There's so many. There's just sort of, it's like a rotating door. People so can just come many in. interruptions. So many questions for this, for this chief, for this uh, very knowledgeable lady. And so, no problem. You answered that. And then we get back to me and mm. she's going through all of the tests. She's like, okay, well, while you're here, we may as well do the blood <laughs> test. We may all as well do all of them. She says... Uh, how long's it been since you've done the lady test? Ugh, you know the one, ladies. It's the one where you have to do every handful of years. Right. And you have to get on the bed, <laughs> take can, half your kid off. Can, okay, so 
It's the bottom half, not the top half test. It's the bottom half, and I'm going, oh, okay, well, I'm here. It's been like an hour in this room with all the interruptions. I may as well just get through this. Is she a professional if she makes you do everything? I suppose so. I don't know. No, in my head, you're like, oh, no, it's just the ear, and she's asking you to take your pants (laughs) off, Jules. I don't know if that's... (laughs) We haven't done anatomy for a while, and it was at that very moment... You realise she wasn't a doctor. The fire alarm goes off. <laughs> just running out the door. Excuse me, I just have to check if everything's yeah. under control. I mean, oh, she actually left. Your the, pants are off, and she left. She was also the fire warden. I told you she was, she was very important in she, that clinic. Very professional. You wouldn't want anyone else to be the fire warden. Well, I was just like, I really hope she comes back soon. Otherwise, some patient will have the fright of their life seeing me there. That was the Nick and Jules podcast.